This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. To Philippians chapter 3, which is our foundational scripture. And in Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 13, it reads, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Now, in these teachings, I'm not going to even say which one we're on because I don't remember, but we have been teaching this particular subject for a while. And we have been trying to get us to understand how important it is to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. It's very important for us to grab a hold of this. It's not just something that we're doing. It's not just a subject that we're just doing to be doing something. We are speaking this into your life, into your spirit, man, so that you can hold on to it. We're using this particular passage of Scripture to guide us in this teaching and learning how to continue to reach forward. We must reach forward and learning how to forget those things that, be, that are behind. That's our biggest problem, is holding on to that which is behind. We've got to forget those things that are behind. We're going to have to learn how to forget the disappointments that are behind. Amen? We learned over the last several weeks that consistently making progress can be difficult. But you have to make progress. And you have to press forward. But it can be difficult for the simple fact that it's going opposite of things you want to do, things you know how to do. It's going to go opposite that. So it might be a little difficult, but not impossible. So we have to make sure that we're consistent in what we're being taught. When you grab a hold of this truth, you must be consistent in it. You can't do it just the week that you heard it and think it's going to work. It doesn't work like that. You have to be consistent over and over and over again. If you miss it, you've got to get back up. Do it over and over. You can't give up. Let me tell you, once you give up, you're no longer in the game. You can't get victory if you give up. You can only get victory if you stay in the game. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how difficult it is. As long as you are in the game and you know the promises of God, you will get the victory. It's when you stop, when you get out of it, when you try to do it yourself. It's when you do those things that it becomes very difficult. And we don't want to do that. We want to stay on God's plan. And I told you before and I'll tell you again, I make this statement in all the teachings. If you love God 
You're hearing the word. You're walking in the word. You're constantly hearing the word. And you are in every service. And you, I'm telling you, you're doing everything that God has told you to do. And you still can't move or make progress. You may need additional help. Now, sometimes people think additional help is this, that, and other. Your additional help is you just might need to talk to the pastor. That's your additional help. Your additional help, you might need to just talk to a minister. Your additional help. Your additional help is you might just need to sit down and go over every teaching that has been taught for how many months and just say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down. See, that's additional help. Now, you might be something physically wrong. You might need to go and talk to your primary doctor if something is going on with you in your body. Jesus is the healer, but do you know sometimes when you take medication for one thing, it'll mess up something in another area of your life? And you need to let your, your primary doctor know that. You need to go and get a, get, let someone look at you. Let somebody give you some tools to find out what exactly is going on. You cannot try to do that yourself. Amen. You might need, because now I'm telling you, this is for a person that is doing everything they're supposed to do. See, I don't want that to get out of your sight. Because, see, I don't want the first thing you do as soon as something is becoming a problem. It's saying, I need help in another area. No, because if you are really doing everything that the scripture said do, you should need any extra help. But we miss it. Or we don't understand it. Or we just haven't walked in it. Then you might need additional help. And it's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean you don't know the Lord. It just means I need additional help. I need to find out some tools to help me get to a place where I need to be. Are you following me? Sometimes you have to come to terms with things happen in your body just by getting older. Just by getting older. I was just thinking, my son was telling me he talked to his cousin. Uh, some of you all know Big Al. And uh, he was saying, oh, Big Al said he's having a big birthday party. Big Al is 40. Can you believe such a thing? He was a baby. I said, 40? I said, that old man? What? I said, y'all keep on. Y'all going to catch me. 40 years old. He said, Big Al is 40. I said, wow. That's, that's just amazing. He's 40 because time goes on. Things change in your body the older you get. I don't care how young and how healthy you are now. Let me tell you, once you get older, things change. Now, you all know that birthdays are not really birthdays, right? Because every time you get a birthday, you're not going back to birth. You know that, right? Happy birthday, like you're getting born again. Born again. You're not going back to birth. I mean, you don't have to call it death day, I mean, but it's not a birthday because you're not going back to birth. We always say birthday, but it's not, you're not going back every year to a birthday. But have you noticed, every year you have a birthday, within that year, something changes in your body. The older you get, the noisier it gets to get up. Because things are changing in your body. And so those type of things, that's why you stay on top of it and you stay, you know, with your doctors and make sure you're taking care of yourself. Amen. I told you the intent of this teaching is to help us, to help us press towards the instructions that God has given all of us spiritually, 
naturally and financially. Are you with me? God has given all of us, whether you know it or not, He has given us instruction in this ministry, spiritually, naturally, and financially. Now, what you've done with it is on you, but He's given us instructions. Are you following me? I told you I want us to grow and develop and to help help us to continue to make progress even when it's difficult. I told you the purpose of this teaching is threefold, is to glorify God. In every, you know, I, I want as your pastor to make sure that you're glorifying God in every area of your life. And you can. Amen. I want to, I want you to honor God with your life. Honor God with your life. That's what I saw with these. Now, I don't know what the youngsters do when we're not around, but they were in ultimate respect at all times. And let me tell you, we laughed. And, and you know, when you're away from church and stuff, I, I was laughing, joking with them and everything like that. But they never lost their respect. They never became familiar. They stayed right there. That shows maturity. See, when you be around some people and then they get too familiar with you and start acting, that shows immaturity. They showed maturity in that area. They never lost, with us laughing, joking, having fun, we, they never lost respect. They stayed there all the time. And that shows growth and development for me. Amen. And I told you I wanted you to honor him with your life, and I want you to remain in his will, and I want you to be mature. It's time for us to be mature in so many different ways. Amen. And then I told you the goal of this teaching is simple, is that we hit the mark because we're pressing toward the mark. So now we want to hit the mark. Amen. And not only now, but in every dispensation of your life, in every situation in your life, within every circumstance in your life, in every area of your life, even during during disappointments, which is what you will have. Now go with me to Matthew chapter 5 and rest there. And I'm just going to continue on before I start with the information. Amen. Now, I want you to understand that how you handle disappointments is essential that you handle them properly if you're going to walk in the things of God. It's essential that you know how. Because for sure... Without a shadow of a doubt, disappointments will come. And they are coming. And if you've already had some, some more is coming. So you need to know how to handle them. It's essential so that you'll walk, so you won't get stuck. So many people are just stuck. They don't even know they're stuck. But they're just stuck in places. Because they do not know how to handle disappointments. And remember I gave you that illustration. Disappointment is like a, a, a fighter. I'm telling you, you get hit, you get hit again and hit again. And by the time you're on the canvas to get up, you don't know up from down, in from out. Don't even know your last name. Because why? You've been hit with disappointment. Well, you, know, you don't even want to have to get on the rope. But see, this is what I'm trying to tell you about needing additional help. If you're even on the ropes... You need additional help. Because if you are operating and all your hope and expectation is in the promises of God, you should be winning. But now, if all of your hopes and expectation is in your own hopes and expectations, and you're putting God's name on things that He didn't promise in His Word, well, you're going to have a problem. 
And God's people is big at that. They put God's name on all of their hopes and dreams. Or they start a business and they try to name it, name it after God. You know, they start a cleaning business. It's God's holy hand. Like God is going to just honor that. Because I named it that. You know, we try to do all those different things. All of those are our own hopes and expectations. You gotta find his hopes and expectations in the word, and that's what you put your expectations in. That way you will avoid disappointments. But now if you have your own, God didn't promise. That's a hit or miss. But if it's God's promise in his word, it's always a hit. It's always a hit. And I'm not talking about just reading it and saying, oh, oh that. You know, you got to believe that. You got to have faith in that promise. A close friend of mine was having some medical problems, and we were talking about it. I said, first of all, let's find it in the Word. Because if we find it in the Word, what God says about it what God says you need to do, then you can stand on that promise. And God will deliver. Always. Amen. And I told you that if you have never been in a situation that you wish you wasn't in, or wanted to get out, but you were in it then, you know, you didn't want to be in I said, you were, if you have never been in that, you're either really young or you're naive. Because... All the people, older people, we've gone through it. We've gone through it. And I've had many disappointments in life, and I don't think any of them can rival September 1st. But it was a great disappointment for me. But I've had many disappointments. And since 2018, September 1st, I've had other disappointments. I have disappointment now. But it can't stop you. You got to keep moving. Keep moving. Amen. Because things are coming to fruition if you keep moving. You can't drop out. Are you with me? Now, I want you to understand that. Now, we're going to talk about disappointment in forgiving. Now, you have to, if you're going to get through disappointment, you must learn to forgive. Now, I talked about a little of it last week, or a week before last. You must learn to forgive. And let me tell you, with us and people in the body of Christ, it's so hard for us to forgive. It's not hard for us to say it. That's different. Saying it and actually forgiving... It's two different things. You can say you forgive, but remember God knows your heart. And a lot of times we struggle pressing forward because we haven't forgiven. Some of us are mad at God about things that's not his fault. We're mad at people or a person. And you know, we can say we forgive, but God knows the heart. First of all, we've done teaching before on forgiveness. Why is God right back here? Why is God right back here? You know what God is trying to do? He's trying to get you out of trouble before you get in trouble. 
That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get you out of trouble before you get in trouble. Because, see, the Scripture tells us that unforgiveness, that hardness of a heart, it will spring up and trouble you. Spring up means it will boom all of a sudden be there. Trouble you in your body. Trouble you in many areas. And we're going to talk about that as we go on, how, the difference between just saying you forgave a person and really forgiving them. Amen. So we've seen people, and we, and we ourselves, we get, well, I mean, we have unforgiveness toward white people. White people have unforgiveness toward us. We have unforgiveness about just, just anything. Political parties, just whatever. We just, just, just holding on to this whole society, what's going, going on. I mean, let me tell you, some of us are mad about Pride Month. You're upset about that. You don't want to have nothing to do with nothing. Now, I'm not saying you should have anything to do with it, but I'm talking about unforgiveness. See, we think it's only dealing with just an individual, but it's a whole process that we do. And it'd be better than a heart. Because I'm going to tell you, every one of us in here, every one of us in here have somebody in our family in that. Everyone. Somewhere in our family it exists. You know why? Satan's going to make sure of that. And there's a way to deal with family members that are in with that without compromise. Now if you compromise, well, you just set them further back. But there's a way to deal with that without compromise. You can't compromise your standard. For anyone. Amen. So we want to get away from that. We want to get away from being upset because our father wasn't around, our mother wasn't around, our this wasn't around. You never know. It might have been a blessing for God. Just grab a hold of it and say, well, you know what? They wasn't, but I'm moving forward. You got many fathers and mothers in this church now. I'm going to tell you, some of you haven't forgiven your parents. Well, they didn't do this when I was going to See, you're still talking about it. If you're still talking about it, it's because you haven't forgiven. Why do you keep bringing that up? Well, you know this. Remember I gave you all the illustration, a friend that said, you know, I was adopted. Why do you have to always bring up, I didn't stay with my mother. I didn't stay with my father. Why do you keep bringing that up? You say, oh, but I've forgiven them for it, and I'm going on, no, no, no. Because if you've forgiven them, why do you keep bringing it up? Some of you are still angry at people that are dead and gone. Something they did, and they're off the planet. And you're holding that in your heart, and you're stuck and don't even know it. You're stuck in a place. You're stuck in a place. God doesn't want you there. Some of us, we have unforgiveness with real and perceived offenses. Sometimes they are real. Sometimes that's not even the case. But we are all upset about it. See, you can't tell. I remember our founding pastor would always say, you can never tell what nobody's thinking unless they tell you. But I know this is what they're thinking. I know this is what they think. How do you know? 
That's a perceived offense. You don't know what people are thinking. Sometimes we have unforgiveness and the offense is not even real. You, you, you sit down and finally talk to the person, they be like, I didn't even know you were thinking like that. And you thought that offense was something that they were trying to do. That's a perceived offense. And now you're hovering in your heart unforgiveness towards that thing. But unforgiveness can cause you to be angry. It can cause bitterness. And not only toward the person that you're angry and bitter toward, but it can also cause you to be angry and bitter toward everyone. A problem with everyone. Can't keep no friends. Can't be, it's always something. That's called bitterness and anger. Amen? And you know what? I told you, I said, and when you're in that kind of thing, it can cause you to have high blood pressure, health issues, stress, anxiety, all of those things. And you don't realize it's unforgiveness down deep. And it just calls you to go in this area, that area, and all kinds of ways. And you're like, oh my God, how did I get into this? How did I get myself in this kind of trouble? It's called unforgiveness. Many people are going to learn once they get to heaven how unforgiveness took them out. Unforgiveness took them out. Anger took them out. Because remember, it spring up and trouble you. And then I told you that your ability to not forgive makes the person that you're not forgiving Lord of your life. Have you noticed the person that you don't forgive, you, they're always on your mind? You go to sleep thinking about them. You wake up thinking about them. All during the day you're thinking about them. That's called unforgiveness. And you're mad at them. You're not talking to them. You're just upset. So they are actually running your life. They're lording over your life. They may not even know it, but that's the, that's the, your, your whole life is controlled by, well, I wonder if they're going to be there. Well, I don't, you know what? What? Forgive. And I told you no person, thing, situation, or circumstance should ever, should ever drive a wedge between you and your relationship with God. Because once you do that, there is an issue with your relationship with God. Please know that. You might not see it, but if you think unforgiveness, if you think you're walking with God with unforgiveness, think again. Yeah, that thing has been... I don't care how much you come to church. I don't care how much you come to church. If you're walking in unforgiveness, your relationship with God is not working. The minister said this morning, Honey, if your horizontal relationship is not working, your vertical one surely is not. You're having issues. Problems. It'll show up and trouble you. Amen? Then I told you, you'll never ever understand or never forgive if you don't see the situation from God's perspective. That is how you learn to forgive. If I, I no, don't look at it from your perspective, because you'll tell yourself you have a right. 
they did that. Well, I have a right to be mad. You know, I ain't letting nobody walk over me. Jesus didn't let nobody walk over me. I'm not either. See, that's a right to be in all of that anger and all of that foolishness. And you think you've forgiven. I have to look at unforgiveness in the perspective of God and what God says about it. Amen. We're going to get to it. Amen. Now, if your forgiveness is about our position with God, it's about, listen, a right position with Him. I want you to throw this out of your mind. Get it out of your mind. Forgiveness has nothing to do with a person or persons. Forgiveness has to do with you. Period. Not the person. It's an inside thing. It's on the inside. You, it, this is between you and God. You might see the person and you think it's between that person and you. It's never with that person. You're going to have issues. So in Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 5, uh, no, I don't want to go down that. Mm. Well, we know in chapter 5 it's a continual sermon from Jesus. And, you know, and again, they call that the Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes. But it's just a continual sermon that Jesus was teaching. But he began to teach the disciples how to pray. This is not really the Lord's Prayer. It's teaching them how to pray. Look at verse, um, what verse do I want to go to here? Let's go to verse 9. After this manner, and this is Jesus speaking, Therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. Now, that's the first sign that he's telling you forgiveness is in play. Jesus started to teach him. He said, now let me show you something in this, how you ought to pray, and show you what's important in prayer. What did he say? He said, forgive us our sins. Your sin is your debt. That's your debt. And everybody that have a debt against me, I have to forgive them as well. Look at verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now listen, verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, so now we can stop saying, God will forgive anything. Not according to this scripture. According to this scripture, He forgives anything but you not forgiving. He said, I won't forgive you. So now you got a little revelation when people holler that. Say, oh yeah, God will, he will hold unforgiveness. I mean, he will hold unforgiveness on you. No, ain't no way God. Well, not according to the scriptures. He said, if you 
don't forgive others, I will not forgive you. We need to meditate on that. We seem to forget that. We know what it says, but we don't know the impact of it. He said, if you don't, I won't. Period. I'm sure he did it like this. Period. I won't. You don't, I won't. Now, God doesn't put things in the scripture just for play. And I told you, your unforgiveness is really just a powerless grudge. That's all it is. powerless. And it's a grudge. But God's unforgiveness, because you won't forgive, is between eternal life and eternal damnation. Mm, his is a little deeper. Yours is just a powerless grudge. You need to let that go. But if you want to hold on to that and let God not forgive you, now, now you're standing between eternal uh, life and eternal death. Period. So when you think of holding a grudge against, compare what you need to do. Compare what you need from the Father. You need forgiveness. I need forgiveness. I don't know about you, and maybe all of you have lived your life in such a way that you don't need forgiveness, but I need forgiveness. When I think back on my life and the things that I have done, I need forgiveness. I don't care how, you know, people try to act like they've never done nothing. You, The person that always acts like they've never done nothing in life, they've done the most. They've done the most. All of us need forgiveness from God. If I need forgiveness from God, why would I hold it from anybody else when he tells me if I do, you will not get forgiveness from me. Now we're going to get into it. You can't hold on to stuff. Because that holding on to stuff is going to keep you in the wrong, you're going to be wrong with God every time. But here's the, here's the key right here. That, write it down. There's a difference between relationship I have with a person and forgiving them. Now we're going to get into it. There is a difference between the person, listen to me, There's a difference between the relationship I have with the person and forgiving them. Say it again. There's a difference between the relationship I have with the person and forgiving them. Again, forgiveness is an internal work. It's not an outside work. It's an internal work. Forgiveness is a heart condition. Forgiveness has to do with your position with God, period. I don't care what someone has done to you. I don't care how many times they've done it. I don't care how angry. I don't care how they betrayed you. You, your forgiveness has to do with your position with God. Because, again, how are we looking at forgiveness? From God's perspective. Not ours. See, we feel like we have a right. I've been good to them. I've been kind to them. And they do something like this. I have a right to be angry. I didn't say anger. Ain't, it's, that's fine. 
Forgiveness is the thing. It's going to keep you in a bad state. Listen to me. The difference in the relationship I may hold with a person, and often, oftentimes we confuse having a relationship, listen, with a person, a certain type of relationship with a person, and forgiving the person. We have that confused. I'll say it again so you can understand it. We confuse having a relationship with a person or a certain type of relationship with a person and forgiving the person. I'm going to explain it to you because we got it all twisted and we got it all wrong because we're thinking of it this way. These are two completely different things. Having a relationship with the person that you are forgiven, the cert a certain kind of relationship with the person that you're forgiven, and actually forgiving the person. There is a difference. Follow me. Now, let me see. Who's over here? These two. You're over here. You're married. Right? Y'all are married. Yeah, yeah, we are. Now, how many years have you all been married? 32 years. In 32 years, I'm sure that Deacon has done something to make you mad. You may have forgot about it now. And I'm sure in 32 years, you've done something to make him mad. And I'm sure he's forgotten about it too. But... In that, according to the Word of God and from His perspective, no matter what He has done to it, because you decided to marry Him, you have to forgive Him for whatever He's done. You have to forgive her. Why? Because you have made a lifetime commitment to stay with an imperfect person, and so they're gonna, it's gonna be that off and on. But you have to forgive them. You have to make things right. You have to prove yourself that I hurt you in a such a way or whatever. Now, suppose there's, mm, let's call him Bob. He's at H-E-B. You're in the store. He comes by. He hits your car and leaves. You don't, now you have to forgive Bob. Say, you know what? You have to forgive Bob. But guess what? You don't have a lifetime commitment with him. You made that with your spouse. Or what you need to do is settle up with the insurance company and keep it moving. I forgive Bob and I'm going on. That's different. See, I'm trying to show you the difference between a relationship with the person and forgiving them. You can forgive them and move on. You gotta forgive Bob, cause I don't have that kind of relationship with him. I had, didn't make that commitment with him. I made that commitment with my wife. So I have to make things right with her. I have to make sure that I own up to what I've done. I've gotta make sure I make things right. But not with Bob. But you have to forgive him. But you don't have to, you don't have to build no lifetime relationship with him. Settle up with the insurance company and move on. Never hear from Bob again. Mm, I don't think y'all got that. I'm going to have to do some more on that. You have to learn to forgive and understand the relationship. Are you with me? You, you Hold on to this. 
Because there's a difference. Spousal forgiveness and just forgiving a person. The spouse, you have to have an unconditional love with that. You got to forgive and you got to make it right. Not with a stranger. But you do have to forgive them. I didn't make a lifetime commitment to God to stay with Bob. So what I'm trying to tell you is that all relationships are not the same. That's all I'm trying to tell you. All relationships are not the same. And oftentimes we confuse things. And see, some of us think, this is what I want to get to, think that we're being a good Christian because we're trying to maintain a relationship with somebody to prove that I've forgiven them. We've got to sit by each other. I've got to talk to them more. I've got to grin. But you're doing all of that with unforgiveness in your heart. See, you think it's proven to everybody on the outside, look, I've forgiven them. You see, I'm talking to them. I'm smiling at them. But in your heart, you like, mm-mm. Oh, hi, how you doing? <laughs> mm-mm. God has said, I'm trying to tell you, those are the things that have you stuck. You don't know it. God is not interested in you trying to prove to everybody else that you've forgiven someone. With all of that in your heart. Remember, God always looks at the heart. God said, oh no, none of that's, mm mm-mm, that's not real. And then we have people, and I've seen it. You have people that they think, they let their children do it. They have children on drugs. They know they're on drugs. This, this, this is just hypothetical or you know, just, just, just something. And, okay, they come in your house. They stole them. They stole the TV, the air conditioner. They just stole the refrigerator. They stole, and you're still giving them a key to your house because I forgive them. Why would you do that? Because you forgive. I'm proving to everybody that I love them and I forgive them. So I give that same thug heathen my key again. Just to say, y'all see, I've forgiven him. See, when things are not right, you don't just keep giving it to prove to people on the outside that you're in forgiveness. When in your heart, when you give them the key, you're thinking to yourself, I do not want to give you this key because I know what you're going to do. See, that's what—that's the real deal. But i got to make sure people think that I've forgiven. Listen, that's not what forgiveness is. It's not. Now, think about this. Now, this morning, listen, I'm dealing with, listen, forgiveness, not relationships. I will deal with some relationships, but not this morning. This morning, I'm dealing with what I was talking about, forgiveness. There will be another time I'm going to deal with, I'm going to do a teaching on just dealing with relationships. So we can understand that better. But this morning, I'm dealing with forgiveness. 
with a relationship, those are two different things. Two different things. The Bible tells us to be un- don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Now, if an unbeliever hurts me, I have to forgive them. According to the word, I have to forgive them. But I can't be yoked with them. But why? Because the Bible says don't be unequally yoked. So I can't be yoked with them. But the Bible also tells me if one of my brothers or sisters is in a fault, he said, now I want you to restore them in the spirit of meekness. Restore them in the spirit of meekness. So I have to look at relationships differently than forgiveness. I want to drive this home. I need to take this close, so I want you to get it. You have to look at relationships differently than forgiveness. Because if not, you're going to have unforgiveness in your heart and showing something totally different on the outside. And God has said it's going to spring up and trouble you. Now listen, you can't restore your brother and sister if you don't forgive them. There's no way. There's no way you can restore someone that you have ought with. You can't. And I may have to forgive someone that I cannot and I'm not going to be uh, uh, equally yoked with. I'm not going to be yoked with you. But I can forgive you. See, we have to pull the whole Bible together. See, not just bits and pieces. We've got to pull the whole Bible together to make sure that we have a correct interpretation of what God is speaking to our hearts. So we can move correctly. So we can hit the mark. Listen, there are people... I have forgiven, and they'll never be my friend. They'll never be my friends. Some that I've forgiven, and I'll never speak to again. I may not never even see again. The relationship is over, but my heart is right. See, there's the difference. Did did you get that? See, I settled up on internally with God. The relationship is over, but my heart is right. I don't have to be yoked with you to prove that I have been forgiven. I've forgiven you. Ooh, y'all need to get this. Cause, because, and you know why I want you to get it? Because so many people are walking around showing that they are forgiven, but it's not what's in your heart. And God said, tell them it's going to spring up and trouble them. Get it out now. Because there's a difference. There's a difference. And the reason why I can say that my heart is right is I've done the internal work. And see, sometimes people don't understand that. 
People think hey, if you really forgive them, you just, you know, you can just hook up with them. You can do a. I'm not being yoked with it. But I'm forgiven. I'm in correct. I'm going to always make sure I'm in correct position with God. But the relationship is over. Not over. It's over. That means it's really over. It's over. Because the Bible tells me in Proverbs that if somebody is evil, the Bible tells me in Proverbs. See, the whole Bible... The Bible tells me in Proverbs, if a person is evil, it says, avoid them, pass not by them, walk away, and don't even turn around. Go find it. See, all I need to know is you're evil. I can forgive you, but guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to avoid you, pass not by you. Walk away and don't even turn around. So if someone is evil and they did evil to me, look, I have to forgive them. That's a must. That's no, okay, God, you know they did evil. You can, you can, you can let me slide on this. I have a right. No, I don't care what they've done. I have to forgive them. But I don't have to do a cookout with them. I don't have to do a cookout with them. I don't have to invite them over. I don't have to sit next to them every week. I don't have to do all these other things to show proof that I forgave them. Because remember, this is an internal work. This is internal it has nothing to do with the prayer. It's an internal work. God said, I don't want to see all of that fake stuff on the outside. I want to deal with you on the inside. Have you forgiven? You can forgive and walk away. See, now, see, in our perception, because we want to be those good old Christians. No, if I'm going to forgive them, i got to, you know, I'm going to have them over for lunch and, you know, we're going to, you know, just act like nothing happened and everything. And you, when they get ready to walk out that door, you slam that door like, get your tail on out of here. Because, see, that's what you're thinking. But, see, you have to play it because, you know, i got to show everybody I've forgiven them. No. God said, no. Enough of that. You don't have to do any of that. If your heart is right with me, it's an internal thing. Are you following me? Oh, listen to me closely. Forgiveness is not trust. Forgiveness is not trust. See, that's where we miss it. Forgiveness is not trust. See, you can forgive somebody and don't trust them. Because forgiveness is not trust. Again, one day I'm going to teach on relationship, but this morning I want to teach you to press towards the mark. I want you to press. 
And you have to forgive to press. And if you have, or you're struggling on how you ought to relate to somebody that you've forgiven, and you can't figure out how, well, how do I handle it? You know, you, what, what you, how do I handle it, what you said, Pastor? I, don't, I just don't know. Pastor, I, you know, I, I believe I've forgiven them, but I need to know how to relate to them. Hmm. And see, most of you, you're scared to talk to your pastor. And that's where the answer lies. Sometimes you have to say, you know what, Pastor, I've forgiven them, but I don't know how to relate to them. Can you help me through this? How do I relate to that person? You go to everybody but your pastor. And they might give you good advice, but they don't have the answer. Why do you think God give you an overseer? <laughs> you, still, you still don't get it. You think this is a plaything? I know some of you can't get past me. I forgive you. But you notice, and you notice, I never invite you over for barbecue. Because I don't have to be yoked to you. Driving it home to you. Forgiveness is not trust. Listen. Understand this. God has forgiven man. Every man. He sent Jesus, the Bible tells us, for the perpetuation of our sins. But guess what? Every man will not reconcile their, their relationship with God, even though they've been forgiven. God didn't just forgive you. God forgave every man. Everybody. But you would think, well, if he forgave everybody, won't everybody? No, everybody's not going to be reconciled to God. Even though he's forgiven them. He sent Jesus for the perpetuation of our sin. Every man. So, in essence, every man won't end up in heaven, even though God has forgiven him. Even though God has forgiven them. Let's get into this right quick, because my time is moving quickly. If I press forward through disappointment, if I am to press forward through disappointment, I got to, letter A, let it go. Just let it go. L-I-G, league, let it go. To let it go means to release. Huh. To release. It means I cannot hold a person or persons or group of people prisoner in my heart and in my mind. That's letting it go. I cannot hold a person, pers uh, a persons or group of people prisoner in my heart and in my mind. See, when you, all the stuff you're doing on the outside, in your heart and your mind, that's the prison where you hold all of that anger and that bitterness. 
I can't do that. You know why? You can't hold on and move forward. See, I can't hold on to this and move forward. See, I can't. The only way that I can move forward from this, I got to do what? Let it go. Now I can move forward. I cannot move forward. As long as I'm holding on, I cannot move forward. So I have to let it go. Release it. Now, when I say release it, it doesn't mean that it didn't happen, whatever happened. It doesn't mean that it didn't hurt. It hurt. It doesn't mean that it didn't cause damage. But I still can't hold it. Yeah, that damaged. That damaged me. This damaged me. That damaged. Yeah, but you still got to let it go. You have to let it go in your heart. You can never keep holding on to that and expect to move forward. You won't. You won't. I don't care how many times you come and sit in them red seats. You better get it out before you take your last breath. Because this is a thing between life and death. Eternal life and death. Because remember, God said, you will die without me forgiving you. Because he said, if you don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. So you die with all of that in your heart. You're not forgiven. Well, Pastor, how do I let go? Here you go. Just let go. <laughs> I mean, what, 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 what do you want me to do? I mean, how do you let go? How do you let go of anything? How do you let go? Just let go. Did you think I was coming with something big, a long deal on how to let go? Go look at Frozen. Let it go. Let it. Just let it go. All of you seen it. Let it go. Just, just release it. The same way you let it go. Everything else that you say today. This is the day I let it go. I'm letting it go. I have to. I have to let it go. I release it. You have to release it. Now listen, I'm not going to go through with it as if it hadn't happened. It happened, whatever it was. But you still got to let it go. Because it's embedded on the inside. It's going to spring up and trouble you. You know what, if you don't let it go after a while, what you're holding on to, it's not even the original offense. Because you've been holding on to it too long, you done added stuff in on that, and just you just keep going. It's not even the original offense, because you done held it so long. Remember, he said, listen, I'm forgiving you your debts. you gotta for, you got to forgive the debtors, those that are in debt of you. Listen, you have to understand that you, it's not even the original offense anymore. It's been too long. How much you done, you done talked about that so much, you done added, took some out, put some other stuff in, just add it on. Then let her be. If I'm oppressed, I have to let it be. Lib. Just let it be. Just let it be. 
Now, to let it be means to stop revisiting it over and over again. Stop, keep recalling that thing over and over and over again. Let it go. Let it be. Let it be. God has been faithful to you. God has been good to you. How come you can't just let it be? How come you can't just let it be? Hmm. So hard for people. Some people, you have everything going for you and don't even know it. You got the biblical dream, because you're walking with God. You love God. You got the American dream. You got a good job. You got a roof over your head, you got food in your house, you got a vehicle to drive, you got a, that's a you got an American dream and the biblical dream. And you still won't let it go. What else do you want? What else do you want? I just you know, I just want them to pay. That's all of that's bitterness. But you don't know. But God knows. I don't need to know. Stop revisiting. Well, Pastor how do I stop it? Well, how do you stop revisiting it? You have to stop talking about it. Because when you talk about it, that's revisiting it. You got to stop talking to yourself about it. And you got to stop talking to other people about it. See, some of you, you know, you, you, you know a little bit too much to talk to it about to believers in this church. But you're talking to it about about it to someone that don't belong to the church. God sees it all. God said, let it be. Today, you better let it be. You know what let it be means? I was thinking about this and I, I wrote it down. Have you ever had a bruise? or a scab or something, especially if you were a tomboy or boys. When you were growing up, you always had a little something, a little scrape, a little scab. Have you noticed whenever there's something that hurt you, how we like to bother it? See, right there. Right there. We just keep touching it, me like that. And, then, and, and don't have a spouse. Y'all start touching each other. Do you feel it right there? Come here, feel it. Yeah. Don't that feel like a knot? Yeah, I think that is a knot. Well, let me see. Well, let me go to the mirror and look. Oh, I think it got bigger. What, what, what? We just mess with things that hurt. That's what you do. I mean, I mean, you go to the doctor and you tell the doctor where it's hurt. Yeah, it hurt right here. See, when you push right here. Yeah, push right there. Yeah, right, yeah, right there, right there. You just keep on the mess with the hurt. And we do the same thing when somebody has done something to us. We just want to keep talking about it. We want to mess with the hurt. We want to feel it. Oh, yeah. Right there. Oh, this bothers me so much. Right there. Right there. See? Right there. Woo! Just keep messing with it. Why? We love to mess with anything that hurts. Please tie it in. Somebody hurt us, we're going to keep dabbing it and poking at it and messing with it. And that's why I say you keep adding on it, you keep touching it and keep just doing stuff. Let it be. Somebody say let it be. Just leave it alone. Stop picking at it. Stop picking at it. You don't need no 300 hours of therapy. No, no. 
Just start thinking about something else. You don't need no, I, I need some therapy. I just can't get this out of my mind. Think about something. How do I do it? Think about something else. When you start thinking about that, what's wrong? Think about something else. Put that into place. Think about something else. Turn on the TV. Read your Bible. <sighs> yeah, I know. I know. That's a biggie right there. You're like, the TV was okay. And some of you are like, oh yeah, I can do that. Go game. Go <laughs> game. I'm going to get my mind off this. Give me the, I, I need to go game. i got to get my mind. Yeah, you can do all that. Read your Bible. I'm listening. I'm, I'm trying to tell you this. I'm, I'm trying to get your mind on, on something else. Why are you beating up your own mind? That's what you're doing. You be, you're beating up your own mind and your own heart. Just with stuff. Just beating it up. Just constantly thinking about it. Just beating yourself up. Beating your mind. Beating your heart up. Let her see. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. I like what leave it alone means. It means to move away. Huh. To leave it alone means to move away. And sometimes it means to move away from situations. Sometimes it, to forgive, you may have to move away from the person. It doesn't mean you forgive. You have to do it. You have to move away from the person. Just move away. Ugh. Every time I see them, who just make my blood boil. Then move away. Just move away from them. Ain't no sense in getting in all of that. You don't have to keep seeing them. Yeah, I do. Who said? Well, I live with them. Oh. You got to move away. <laughs> hey. Did you go through those marriage ceremonies? Because <laughs> you're not trying to, you ain't going to move away from that. You stand in that. I almost had a way out. No, not there. You stand in with all of that. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's mental. Sometimes it's spiritual. But sometimes it's physical. Move away. See, sometimes you have to move away emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And then sometimes you got to actually physically move away from them. You have to. In other words, if I've forgiven, you have to tell yourself, I've forgiven you. I don't have to stay in this any longer. I've forgiven you. I don't care what someone has done to you. I've forgiven you. I don't have to stay in it. You know what? I'm helping somebody this morning, I know. I'm helping somebody. See, I've forgiven you. I don't have to stay in this any longer. I love you. See, you have to let them know. I love you. I'm praying for you. I care about you. And you know what? I even pray that God will meet every need at every point. 
that you need it, that he'll meet it. And my, that's my desire, is that God make you whole. But know this, I'm moving away from you. I forgave them. I loved them. And I really am privileged. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. You got to say, oh no, I love you. Dearly. And I hope the, I want the best for you and I want God to do everything that you're asking Him to do in your life. I care about you. But I want you to know I am moving away from you. Period. Now, what does that make me? Now my prayers are not hindered. Because, see, I'm going to be praying for them. Now my prayer, because, see, you act like you're praying for somebody with all that in your God ain't hearing none of that. But when you clear yourself like that, now your prayers are not hindered. For your life and whoever else you're praying about is no longer hindered. Now I'm in correct position with God. Because I ain't trying to prove to nobody anything. Now your heart has been healed. Now your heart has been healed. I have nothing in my heart against you. And I want to keep it that way. That's why I'm moving away from you. Because I want to keep it that way. I want to love you. I don't want to be in your presence smiling and grinning and in my heart. There's anger, bitterness, and strife. I don't want that. So I need to move away from you because I have asked God to, I have asked God to help you. I love you. Make sure you let them know. I love you. I, it does, I love you no matter what. And mean it. You can mean it and move away from them. See, that's, see, you can't grab a hold of this for this one reason. You've always had the wrong concept of it. You thought you had to look a certain way for people to believe that you've forgiven. You don't have to look any kind of way because it's internal to drive that home. And see, this what I'm teaching you this morning is totally opposite in the way we sometimes think. Totally opposite. Because we think in order to forgive, you've got to move in with them. Get close with them. No, sometimes, sometimes you have to move away. Now, one thing that's great about a church is that, listen, there's always a middle aisle. Somebody offends you. On the left, sit on the right. Somebody always got an aisle. So you won't be in trouble. I love them. I'm going to the right. Everybody say, thank God for aisles. If they offend you on the left, move away. So you won't get in bondage. Letter D. It means to give up the debt. The last one. Give up the debt. Give up the debt. They owe me an apology. 
They owe me this. They owe me that. But to forgive means to give up the debt. Give it up. Give up the debt. This is what I have learned in life. If someone owes you an apology, listen, I've learned this in life. If someone owes you an apology and they apologize, it's not satisfactory. For most people, it's not satisfactory. So if it's not satisfactory, just give up the debt. Just give it up. So, because what are you doing the whole time? You've been waiting for an apology? Well, remember, it's a debt. So if they haven't apologized and the debt's there, guess what? You're collecting interest on that. Because that's what you do with debt that haven't been paid. So somebody did something to you and they, they haven't apologized in three years. Oh, you done attached some stuff on there. That's why when they even, hmm, I know better. They come and they try to apologize. Hmm, 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 hmm. Why? Because you have had added interest on that apology. You're like, oh no, I need more than that. It's been that long. No, they come. No, don't get you. They, they, they can, they can miss me on that. Hmm. Just give up the debt. So it takes somebody, let's say, two months to apologize. You need a bigger apology than it would have been if they were the first apology. You wanted more. Why? I've collected interest. Come on, some more. Now you got to apologize, bring gifts, bring, I mean, you, I mean, you just all the way in. Give up the debt. And if it's been about two years since they apologized, I'm sure that you, you didn't double the principal by now. Get this. So they give you an apology, and it's unsatisfactory because you're collecting it as a debt. You've added interest. So the best thing that you can do, because you're not going to be satisfied with them apologizing, Give up the debt. Just let it go. Say, you know what? I'm done with that. They don't, they don't, they don't have to do no apology, nothing. Just give it up. Person, persons, a group of people, whoever, just give it up. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? Isn't that exactly what Jesus did for us? Jesus paid the debt. Why? Because the interest that we accrued on that thing, through all the sins that we have committed, it would have been hard for him to forgive us. So he just gave up the debt. He said, okay, let me just, let me just clear, let me give them a clear slate. Because this is way too high. Is no way they can pay. So he just paid the debt. 
and called it clean. And we want to hold somebody. And he clean, He gave us a clean, clean slate. And we're going to hold a grudge. A powerless grudge. That's going to get you in the end. So if God, through Jesus Christ, could pay our debt and give it up for us, then certainly, certainly we can give up our debt from whatever somebody, somebody owes us. I don't care if it was all their fault. Give it up. Give up the debt. Spiritual, natural, economic, whatever it is. They owe me some money. Do you still have your lights on? You still, you can pay your mortgage or you can pay your rent. Has God given you the power to gain wealth so you can have a place to stay? Hmm. And you haven't missed a meal. You haven't missed a meal. Give it up. This morning, give it up. The debt is not worth your prayers being hindered. Some of you are in so much trouble physically, it's not worth it. Some of you are in trouble physically with your bodies. It's not worth it. Don't give place to the enemy like that. Just don't. See, what you're learning, the enemy knows. He don't want you to know. He's like, oh, dang it. He's trying to count how many of you really believe this. So he can mess with you until the very end. That's all he's, he's trying to do. He knows this. not worth it let it be let it go give up the debt just say you know what I love you but you definitely not worth me getting in any kind of trouble with God you are not worth my prayers being hindered because you need me praying for you Some of you mad at me. Ask God to forgive you. I'm your pastor. I'm, let me tell you, I don't care how, you know, especially, you know, young, immature people, anything you teach, you're talking about them and they, you don't want that. And that ain't nothing. The, let me tell you, anytime we teach anything here or anything that I'm teaching, it's to benefit you. And sometimes I'm trying to snatch you out in front of an 18-wheeler and it don't feel good to be snatched out. But I'm not about to play with you. I'm not about to play with your life. I'm going to give you what's real. And then you can do with it what you want, but I'm going to give you what's right and what's real. So disappointments are going to come. Oh, well. I'm disappointed that the fellowship hall is not already paid for but do I stop 
do I say, well, let's don't do nothing else because they, they, you know, they need to come together. Because, I mean, because the amount of money that's due, I'm like, a church should have been through with that. The first, the first of June. But do I want to just sit here and find, no, I'm disappointed about a lot of things. People will disappoint you. You got to love them. Release them. Remember we found out. Let it be. Release. And you move forward. You love them. You never forget to pray for them. Someone got in trouble that I was very angry with in this last week. And I couldn't stop praying for them. I don't fellowship with them. I don't do any of that. But my heart went out. And I never stopped praying for them. I don't have anything to do with them. I don't fellowship with them. I don't talk to them. But it came to my attention. And God said, pray. See, it's not about, again, it's not about a feeling. It's an internal thing. I don't need anything clogging me up for your behalf. Because God is giving me what you need. And if I'm busy, clogged down with unforgiveness, how can I give you anything to grow and develop on? I can't afford that. My founding pastor did. Whatever he did, he made sure. Everything he did, it was all in the concern of this congregation. And I have to be the same way. So I can't afford to get myself caught up in anything that's going to keep me from delivering you what you need. No matter what. No matter what. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.